Indianapolis. Go down. Drop in. It's the moment y'all been waiting for. It's the show where Indy comes to talk. Open lines with Indy's newsman, Cameron Riddle. We are Indy's hip-hop station. Hot 100.9. Good morning to you, Indianapolis. It is Sunday, July 9th, 2023. I'm Indy's newsman, Cameron Riddle, coming to you on Hot 100.9 and 106.7 WTLC. Happy July. We are now in Q3, as they call it, of the year, or the second half of 2023. The year is now half over. And on the show this morning, we will be talking to you at 317-239-1009, 317-239-1009. The first 15 minutes of the show will be open lines to talk to you, see what is on your mind on this Sunday morning. At 8.15, I have a special guest calling into the show today. You know him from television. I know him because his desk is next to mine over at Fox 59. Russ McQuaid. He's one of those guys that can talk to pretty much anybody, go into a neighborhood, get people to talk to him, people who wouldn't normally talk, but they'll talk to Russ McQuaid, some of the roughest, toughest people, scariest people, most powerful people. I'll all talk to Russ McQuaid. And Russ is the guy who's out there on scenes of things like last night, where a 13 and a 12-year-old boy were shot. It's the latest case of gun violence and young people something we've been talking about here on this show for the past couple of weeks and in this case the original reports were saying that it was related to gang violence but now that story has changed up just a bit we'll let Russ explain what he saw last night and what he's seeing overall Russ McQuaid coming up live at 8:15. the first 15 minutes of the show though will be open lines it's your opportunity to call get uh, on the air let me know what's on your mind. 317-239-1009. 317-239-1009. That's the number on the live line. Call me right now. I'm trying to get my headphones to work. Hang on. Keep talking. This is my own little test period here. Hang on. Let me try. My, oh, it's a little better over here for now. All right. 317-239-1009. There we go. I got them working. 317-239-1009. Now I can hear you. Well, I lost it again for the time being. Hang on. All right. Let's go over to the caller on line one. Caller, good morning. Who's this? You're live on open lines. Hey, Cameron. How you doing today? Hey, Paul. Good morning. Hey, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, a couple of weeks ago, one of the callers was saying, uh, you know, we need to get together. So I want to know how we're going to coordinate this so that we can all get together and put an end, not only to the gun violence, but an end to those that are filling our communities with these guns and bullets and different things. Uh, I had said uh, that, you know, Dr. Kane into the mix as far as uh, uh, unhealthy, uh, being unhealthy with all the gun violence and different things like that. Uh, we need not to put any responsibility on her, and we need to get behind her and support uh, whatever is going on. 
um, I, I just wanted to see some more definite dates of when we're going to do this and when we're going to do that. Because it's like I, I've been just saying it for three years. It is time for us to do something, not just talking about it on the radio. Uh, we need to get together and have a date. Hey, we meeting downtown, three or 400,000 of us. I mean, we, we need to get together and put a stop to this. And this is the only way it's going to happen. Ain't the the voting situation? You 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 put people into office, they run on a platform, and they do nothing once they get in there. And then we have no control over them once they get in there. Uh, that man, uh, whatever office he holds, that was was caught for drunken driving. Oh, state representative. They rushed it. Yeah, they rushed it through so fast. They didn't. They didn't find out until later that he was smoking marijuana as well, just like most of them are. But the police are not going to police themselves. The government is not going to police themselves. We need to come together and take control over everything that's going on so that we can restore our neighborhoods. We are not going to be able to do this if everybody has a platform and don't have the same agenda. We need to get on one agenda, and uh, hopefully next Sunday or the Sunday after that, somebody will come up with a date that we all can get together and meet at one of these schools or somewhere so we can come up with a plan to take these bullets out of our neighborhoods, restore jobs, and so that people can have some type of future. I'm just, I'm, I'm telling you, you, you know, I'm so sick of what's going on. It's, it's, it's just absolutely ridiculous what's going on and the fact that we're allowing it to go on. And, and I'm going to just put this word out there because it's the true fact. Real quick. Most people are half, they have this deep fear. We got to stop having this fear. You guys have a great day today. Cameron, thank you for taking my call. Um, and, and again, like I said, I, I just, I, I, I want to see some action. All right. Thank you, sir. Thank you. All right. 317-239-1009. It's open lines for the first 15 minutes of the show. Coming to you on Caller 2 and 3. Coming to you in just a second. While I was off, if you uh, tuned in the past last weekend, it was an encore show edition of Open Lines. And in that time, we didn't even get to talk about what has happened in Broad Ripple, where now they are deciding that they're closing that place up early and they would like to make it a gun-free zone because of the three people who were shot and killed in Broad Ripple, uh, some of them just bystanders. Um, that's something else we'll talk with Russ about. That's a, uh, that's a decision that uh, the Broad Ripple Village Association, the business owners in that area, has decided that they're all going to close up early. They'd rather make a little less money than not make any money because nobody wants to go to Broad Ripple or because it's getting shut down every weekend for shootings and whatnot. And they want to make it a gun-free zone. Uh, it's going to be a little bit difficult to do because it's such a wide space. You're going to have to literally make specific entrances and exits and block things off. Uh, and and that would include people going through metal detectors, which would be part of that plan. 317-239-1009. 317-239-1009. Caller on line two. Good morning. Who's this? This is Henry Hinch. Henry, good morning. What's on your mind? Good morning, Tim. I hardly have a call, but I have something that has really been bothered me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm talking about the Indiana Indigo. Mm-hmm. What is wrong with these bus drivers that are so mean? I mean, mm. I, all you do is say good morning. I said good morning to a bus driver the other day, mm-hmm. and I said, uh, "God bless you." I said, he said, I, you know, I said what, what's, 
I said, what are you doing? Why don't you smile sometime? And he said, I said, you know, he woke you up this morning. You can drive this, this bus and mm-hmm. everything. But I said, God is good. And then he said, what's good about it? I said, well, he woke you up and you're driving this bus. That's what's good about it. He didn't have to do that. So I just have a problem with these bus drivers. What's wrong with them? They're so mean. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm sorry you had that experience. And the folks from Indigo do listen to this show. Uh, so you should reach out to them whenever they always say when when you have something like that, you should reach out to them, let them know what bus it was, what time and let let them uh, uh, address that. Because just like Paul said a minute ago, it's one thing to talk about it on the radio. But if you really want something done, you got to let them know. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you. 317-239-1009. By the way, I don't know if you all saw since he brought up Indigo, uh, they are giving three thousand dollar bonuses uh, to anybody who comes um to come drive for them and uh, regular listeners of this show will know that i drive a bus and even i saw that and i said hold up now what time what time y'all need what shift is no i didn't i didn't go over there but three thousand dollars is three thousand dollars and it can go right in cameron riddle's pocket um but hey if you're looking for work looking for something and 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 if you are a good person who you know won't treat people the way henry got treated when he got on the bus please if you're if you're not a a people person can't deal with people please don't sign up to go be a bus driver go drive a truck where the the where the load on the truck does not talk back to you please be a people person and get that money because they're giving it out three thousand dollar signing bonus over at indigo please only for nice people all right 317-239-1009 we got russ mcquade coming up here in a couple of minutes let me go to um, I lost what line we were on, so how about we just go to line three? Caller on line three. Good morning. Who's this? Uh, it's Larry Cameron. Hello, Larry. Good morning. You know, I'm sick of all this talk about people getting murdered and stuff. That's clogging our view, right? They're getting ready to spend uh, $600, uh, $750 million on this new hotel. Hubert Hutton Nickel is building it. Research them. They are an international construction company. They work all over the world. They'll bring in labor cartels from Dubai or somewhere in the Arab Emirates or somewhere in China where they've been building. They'll bring those crews. That'll be a closed job site, right? All that money that's spent on the construction uh, pursuant to bond issues made by our municipality is going to leave town, all the material, because it's going to be prefabbed in China. So that's why you couldn't find any local builder to take that project on because they know it's going to end up failing. So, you know, we think about murder and stuff so much. Who can do anything about when somebody gets themselves in a situation where they're going to be murdered? You can't do nothing about that. We need to concentrate on putting our young men to work. Just think, Cameron, if we start training right now for people to operate that hotel, for people to actually help with the construction, get their journeyman cards off the project. I know when I was in the concerned clergy, which is Bill, the, uh, the Justice Campus, right? I said, let's train 400 journeymen on this job from the black community. They bucked against that. They said, we're going to have black businesses. Well, Cameron, there's no black business on the, on in this town or in the Midwest that can qualify on one of these large sites. So, you know... We're talking about the wrong things. 
we're going selling ourselves out, our pastors and stuff, to somebody like Joe Biden and Camilla Harris are definitely uh, incompetent. Joe Biden's a sick old man, and Camilla Harris is not that much better. So we need to take a close look at them and see what we're selling out to. This morning, when you go in your church, your pastor's sitting up in there promoting some woman who don't know what a woman is that sits on the Supreme Court. He's promoting abortion. He's promoting transgender care and everything else that stabs a Christian in the back, and it goes against your creed. So if your pastor's bumping that, which every preacher in town's doing, then uh, you need to get out from under them and leave them alone because they're taking you on in the wrong direction. People should get together and do work, Cameron. That's the only thing that beats this system. You can talk about all the sidebars, all the uh, hopefulness and stuff you have with love and all that other garbage, but you need to get something that you can actually do. That's the first thing that happens when you go into a new country. What can you do? And these, all these immigrants that are moving in, that's Joe Biden. You don't care nothing about your kids getting nothing. You don't care nothing about the people that are here now that are walking the streets and living under bridges. We spend over $500 billion with Ukraine. You're setting up taking that from some sick old man that's incontinent and that don't know where he's living at. The music is playing. And uh, you know what? Cameron, we need to wake up and stop being used by the GLBTQs and the Democratic Party. Need right. to wake up, folks. All right. Bye. Thank you, Larry. All right. Music is playing. That means Fox 59's Russ McQuaid is going to be on the other side of this commercial break. A lot of the questions that y'all asked me that I don't have the answers to, Russ might. Stay with us. If you're on the phone and you're hearing the show in your phone, that means you're one of the next couple of callers to come up. Stay there if you like. Hang up and call back if you like. We're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, the one and only, the legendary, Russ McQuay. Live on Open Lines. I'm Indy's newsman, Cameron Riddle. Brandon, let's do a three-minute, and we'll be right back with more Open Lines on Hot 100.9 and 106.7 WTLC. Sunday morning show. It's the show that brings you news about what's happening in Indy and around the world with Indy's newsman Cameron Riddle. It's the show where Indy comes to talk. It's Open Lines with Cameron Riddle. And we're back live here on this Sunday morning. 317-239-1009. 317-239-1009. The phone lines are ringing, so I know everybody wants to talk to Russ. Hang on. I'm answering at 317-239-1009. Let me play some of that Fox 59 news thing because... When you hear this sound, that usually means that there's breaking news. And when there's breaking news in Indy, depending on what time it is, there's a couple of people you're going to see. If it's the morning, you're going to see me, usually in a hat. If it's nighttime, you're going to see Russ McQuay, also usually in a hat. Russ is a guy who knows just about everybody, and everybody knows Russ. Russ is one of those people that, let me tell you, I've grown up, you know, for those of you who... I've listened to the show. You know, I've been around for, uh, for for a while now, and I've got to grow up watching certain people and 
I've had the pleasure of working with some of the people that I grew up watching. And Russ is one of those people who is not only like he is on TV, he's better than he is on TV because he seems like a lot of people are like scared of Russ and think like he's like this really, really rough person. But actually, Russ is really super cool, which is why I wanted him to come on the show this morning and talk about what he's seeing because I usually go to the scenes first in the morning when there's breaking news and then Russ follows up with all the details of what happened. And so he was on the scene of that shooting last night uh, where uh, a 12 and 13 year old boys were shot um, in a housing addition on the near South side. Uh, so that's one story he has all the details on, but Russ, the phones are ringing. Russ from McQuaid is live on our live line. Good morning, sir. Hey man, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm upright and taking nourishment. I'm better because you're here. Well, I get better every time you walk into the newsroom. My day just brightens when you walk in. I try it's the half. <laughs> Russ, you are you're a you're a busy guy. The 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 first fifteen minutes of the show, uh folks have been calling in talking about um, you know, the violence that's happened this weekend. One thing that people uh bring up consistently is um, you know, we got all this gun violence, but we you we try to have our elected officials, uh, we try to put this on them. But as somebody just pointed out this morning, Joe Hogsett or Jefferson Shreve aren't the ones out there shooting people. So you, I bring that up because you you go and talk to these folks. What are they saying about gun violence when they see scenes like what you saw last night? Okay. Uh, we were over at Red Maple Grove. That's off of East Raymond Street uh, last night about 630. It was a gathering in the community center over there. A couple of kids, 12 and 13, then stepped outside under a picnic shelter. And, and they got a big like park there, a common ground. Mm -hmm. And apparently the shooters and the uh, witnesses, say, wearing gang colors, came out from uh, beside a couple of buildings there and started uh, unloading gunfire. And then when other residents ran to the aid of the wounded kids, then uh, they tell police that the uh, suspects then started shooting at them. And clearly that's something we see in Iraq and Afghanistan. We usually don't see that on the southeast side of Indianapolis. Uh, so IMPD, going off what the neighbors told them, are uh, investigating this as potentially uh, gang violence and uh, obviously we're thinking specifically uh, these two uh, children were uh, specifically targeted. And this comes after a week when I spent several days in Hawville uh, earlier this week talking to neighbors, talking to community leaders, going to scenes of homicides. And it's uh, to some degree uh, a movable crisis because, you know, I was, in, I was on the west side uh, yesterday. I was on the southeast side. And. I bet before the uh, week is over, I'll be on the uh, Far East side uh, before all is said and done. Unfortunately, you know, we both end up at these scenes. I usually get there in the morning when they right when they first happen. And I've seen, you know, the bodies that are still on the ground and you come after after I get there. Um, what is and, and I and when I'm there, the, the police are, are just almost defeated and exhausted with these things. Because there have been some mornings where. In the morning, we've got multiple shootings that have happened before, you know, six, seven in the morning. And it's like, all right, uh, Simone, I'll, we, I know there's a shooting at this other place. I'll meet you over there in, in 20 minutes. Are, how, are, how are police, like, aren't, are they overwhelmed? What, what, what is it like when you get to these scenes? Well, first of all, <laughs> excuse me, there's not enough police. Uh, 
They are bud IMPD is budget for 1,843 officers. As of Thursday morning, they had 1,525 men and women wearing the badge. They cannot hire people fast enough to fill the ranks. The mayor has provided the money to do it, uh, but this is a statewide problem. This is a national problem. There are not enough people who uh, wish to be police officers, and then those police officers who respond to the scene are often frustrated. Um, by the response of witnesses or people who claim they are not witnesses. Now, last night at the Red Maple uh, neighborhood, uh, those neighbors did seem, and I saw there several of them out there, did seem responsive <clears throat> and were explained to police what they saw. But all too often, you know, we had a uh, girl fatally wounded at uh, 3400 um, uh, Forest Manor at a block party mm -hmm. and i mean literally hundreds of people out there and nobody saw anything which gets back to your original question you know what are folks saying in the neighborhood well when i was in hawville the leadership said uh we need more from the city we need more resources we need more police and absolutely if you are a taxpayer you do deserve more i mean you deserve dpw coming out and fixing your streets and cleaning up the illegal dumping sites let me point out it's not people from Martindale Brightwood that are driving truckloads of junk over into Hawville to dump it on a vacant lot. It's Hawville people doing this. And one of the questions I raised with the leadership when I spoke with them earlier this week is I said, granted, yes, you should have more resources and support from the city, but there have been 12 homicides in Hawville this year. One of those has resulted in an arrest. That means Somebody in Hawville knows what's going on and has not come forward with information leading to an arrest, or it's somebody in Hawville who has a beef with somebody in Hawville. So these are internal community issues, and the police are frustrated, saying, we can't do anything about this unless the neighbors help us out. The neighbors say, I don't want a police car pulling up in front of my house and somebody knocking on my door and talking to me because the neighbors will see it and the police leave, and I got to live here 24-7. So as a result, it's a chicken and an egg thing where the neighbors or police say, you know, we, the police say we need uh, the help of the community um, to solve these problems, but the community says we need the police department and the city to back us up, to give us the backbone and strength and to protect us so that, you know, we won't get outed by other residents out here and uh, get in trouble. Uh, Russ, can you take some phone calls? Folks want to talk to you. Absolutely. All right, 317-239-1009. We're on the air live with uh, my colleague, uh, Russ McQuay from Fox 59. He's on our live line right now. Let's go to the phones. Uh, don't take too much of Russ's time because Russ does have to go. You're working today, Russ. You always work on Sundays, right? I'll be there. As a matter of fact, I'm going to track down the mayor this afternoon. Tomorrow night at 7 o'clock, the city county council will vote on Mayor Joe Hogsett's gun ordinance, which would ban certain uh, weapons, raise the purchase age, et cetera. Mm -hmm. uh, that comes before the city county council at 7 p.m. So I'm going to track down the mayor this afternoon to talk with him on camera about uh, that ordinance passing. And, of course, the difficulty of that ordinance passing, you can pass all the ordinances mm -hmm. you want, but unless the state legislature allows you to enact the law, mm -hmm. it's kind of a toothless tiger but on the other hand what he's done with this 
is he's uh, generated a conversation in this town about what we should do about guns. So I'm going to track down the mayor and talk to him about that today. All right, and you'll see that tonight on Fox 59 News at 10 and probably uh, more of it uh, tomorrow morning with me on Fox 59 Morning News. All right, let's go to the phones. Caller on line one. Good morning. Who's this? You're live on Open Lines. Hey, Cameron, I'm calling back. All right, you, you got 15 uh, seconds because you've already been I, on. I, you... I'm going to make it real real brief. Uh, Hit Mr. Me. McQuaid, since you are a Caucasian reporter, can you give me, real quick, five positive things out of the black community that you see or may grow us a little better? I see a lot of unity. I see of family. I see a lot of people volunteering to come together. I see a lot of organizations such as uh, Makaita Love Trip over on uh, Brightwood Martindale, uh, where they work with kids who have uh, come out of the juvenile system, but the public school system doesn't want them back. I see guys who hold uh, Anthony Hampton, uh, who hold uh, basketball uh, clinics. I see IMPD out at the PAL Club on Sunday afternoons with a lot of kids playing basketball. I see uh, Shauna Majors over in the Brightwood uh, neighborhood uh, working with the children there. And I see, uh, for instance, in Hallville this weekend, uh, community leaders, clergy, and business people coming together in a unified voice saying, we want to speak up for the folks who don't have a voice or who feel intimidated. I find in that community, I just sat on the couch with a mother last night uh, whose daughter was murdered uh, five years ago and she is still searching for answers. I see families in pain. I see them reaching out uh, to support each other. And especially I go and I talk to families and these families say, hey, remember me from 1996 when my uncle was killed or uh, you were out here before on a story where my other son was killed. And so a lot of these people have goodness in their hearts and they still believe and they still want to protect their families and they still want to protect their neighborhood. But a lot of times they feel uh, just as hopeless and lost as the rest of us. And let me tell you something about Russ McQuaid. Russ McQuaid is not just one of those people who shows up for the story and goes, Russ, that's why he's up even to answer the phone for me at, at eight o'clock in the morning. Russ is out in these streets for real on these scenes, talking to people. Like I said, there are people, some scary people, and Russ, you know who I'm talking about. There are some some scary, <laughs> rough and tough people who will yeah. talk to Russ McQuaid and won't talk to anybody else. Uh, and so with that, this is why I have him on the show, because Russ is the real deal and is, and is out there immersed in all of this. Let's go to another call, 317-239-1009. Caller on line two. Good morning. Who's this? Hey, how you doing, Brother Cameron? Good morning. And, uh, good. How are you? Hello. Boy, y'all, boy, y'all, y'all, y'all never do. <laughs> well, Thank I'm you. Thank you. Y'all, 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 uh, 160 years of friendship, missionary, Baptist church. That's the church where where my my cousin, the author Johnson, and now Reverend Phillips.
We lost Reverend Phillips. All right, let's go to the next call. 317-239-1009. He'll call back. Uh, caller on line three. Good morning. Who's this? Hello? Good morning. Henry, you're live on the air. What's on your mind? Hello? Hello, this is Harrison. How you doing? I'm good, hey, Harrison. You're live on the air. What's on your mind? Excellent, excellent. Hey, there's a lot of things on my mind, but to put it mildly and short, honestly, we're stuck on doing the same thing over and over and refusing to accept the things that need to be taken care of from the legislative level uh, and, and such. At the end of the day, Mm -hmm. We're looking for everybody to come up with a solution, but we don't want to accept the solution. And that's the bottom line. All we right. want some multiple administrations, and we're stuck in the same spot. All right. Thank you for the call. Thanks a lot. Russ, okay. let me ask Cameron, you. Yes. Yeah, Cameron, let me address that. So that's what we've been trying to do at Fox 59, and we're trying to shift the conversation. And I've been working on this forever, but especially mm -hmm. in the last month. In early May, I got into the emergency department at Riley Hospital for Children with a camera. They've never let a TV crew in there before. They did a simulation for us. <clears throat> and I talked to the surgeons. And the surgeons said, frankly, we are tired of patching up little kids with bullet holes in them. So I was able to put that story on TV. For the last month, I've been urging the mayor, the city county council, and Marion County Public Health Director, Dr. Virginia Kane, to declare a pediatric gunshot health emergency in the city of Indianapolis and in Marion County. Now, if adults are going to shoot each other, I wish they wouldn't, and there's not much I can do to stop that, but I think everybody can agree kids getting shot by other kids or, as we saw in Cumberland this last week, a five-year-old shooting the four-year-old fatally, everybody can agree gunshot violence in children is a bad deal. Mm -hmm. We've got uh, between 12 and 20 people under the ages of 17 who have died of gunshots in Indianapolis so far this year. At least five of them <clears throat> are accidented or self-inflicted, usually with children. I'm going to let you in on something nobody knows. Thursday afternoon, I did a sit-down interview with Dr. Virginia Kane. She's on board. She understands, and the mayor has already agreed, and the council already agrees, the voice that she has in this town to declare a pediatric gunshot violence health emergency. And what that would do is that would bring resources to the table. That brings your school districts. That brings Eli Lilly Foundation. That brings various hospitals, uh, physicians community groups together to say, okay, if we can't stop all the violence, let's do something about little kids and guns or the guns that are just casually laying around the house that the children <clears throat> shoot themselves with. So what we are doing at Fox 59 is we are trying to come up with alternatives out of the box thinking that gets away from the traditional thinking because everybody can agree, Republicans, Democrats, NRA members, Moms Against Violence, everybody can agree that gun violence and children is bad, and we should do something to stop it. 
so that is uh, that is my project, and that's what I'm working on this summer. Well, thanks for the for, for the heads up. Now I get what you're doing. You're trying to get everybody in Marion County and in Indianapolis to say what they say to us off camera that this is bad, that this is a problem, that this is out of control. And once the city does that, it's going to go over to the other side of Market Street at the State House, where, as you mentioned earlier. There are laws that prevent the city and the county from only being able to do so much. What are what are you hearing from from state lawmakers who um, are also seeing this problem, but real but their law it would block some of the things that Joe Hawks said or Virginia Kane could do. Well, the whole Virginia Kane conversation is a different issue. But when you talk with them, you hear the same things over and over again. Well, if the prosecutor would only get tough sentencing and have people thrown in jail forever, or this is the judge's problem. Um, one suggestion I made to the mayor is, if you got any of that uh, ARPA money left over that came from Washington, the Biden money to bounce back from the economic distress, to put that into going in 50-50 with gun stores mm-hmm. to provide vouchers to people buying new guns, to give them at least one gun training class free. Uh, you know what? It, it, it's it's got to be a recognition that you know the guns are there. Mm-hmm. That's like putting the genie back in the bottle. The guns are there, and they're out there, and they're rolling around, and they're being stolen from people's houses. And, of course, uh, people at the state house talk about responsible gun ownership. Well, only responsible or legal citizens. No, even responsible and legal citizens are getting their guns stolen. We just recently covered a story where an off-duty detective in an unmarked car left his unmarked police car at his apartment complex with his gun inside, and the gun was stolen. Well, if a police officer leaves a gun in an unlocked car and it gets stolen, then what's that say for everybody else who is supposedly a responsible gun owner. Just saying, you know, this is only, you know, irresponsible people and this is only criminals is, you know, not reality because I would venture a guess there are a lot of people out there that end up getting arrested uh, for gun crimes who were not criminals until the day they pulled the trigger. Now, certainly there are people who have criminal records who shouldn't have guns, who have been repeat offenders that do this type of behavior, but I see a significant number of cases where the day the guy pulled the trigger is the first day he's ever done anything wrong. Well, how were the police and the social service agencies and the prosecutor and the judge supposed to know that this guy, who's been an honest guy his whole life, suddenly on a Tuesday night was going to go bad? That is one of many, many different ways that you can look at these situations. Russ, how much time do I have left with you? I got another five minutes for you. Uh, all right, let's go to let's go to the phones real quick. 317-239-1009. Caller on line one. Good morning, who's this? Hello? Hello? All right, going on to the next one. 317-239-1009. Caller on line two. Good morning, who's this? Hey, camera. Yes, you got 15 seconds, Reverend Phillips. Oh, okay, yeah, I got cut off. Hey, what I was going to tell you, um, I, yeah, I'm getting sick and tired of this, all this nonsense, too. Yeah, I'm, I'm really in. Uh, uh, we need to play.
mm-hmm. play a new song. Because this this stuff right here, and uh, I get tired of people down in the preachers. Well, all we do is bring forth the message. It's up to the people to do right. It's just common sense, that's all. All right. Comment out there. All right. Thank you, Reverend Phillips. Appreciate you. 317-239-1009. Caller on line one. Good morning. Who's this? This is Shantae. Hi, Shantae. You're live on the air. Turn your radio down for me just a little bit, please. I'm turning it down. Oh. I can't believe I got on here. Yes, you got to. <laughs> I just want to say I'm a young African-American in Indianapolis today and growing up in the streets and stuff. And I just want to know why would they ever legalize people to be running around here with guns every day before they legalize, you know, I mean, give us resources for mental illness and stuff that actually help us out here in the streets today. I mess with uh, Rustin Quay. Like, I feel like he been out here. He do know what's going on with murders and, and stuff. So he knows what's going on out here. But we need to get we need to get united with people that's trying to do something to help everybody that's actually that's been through the streets and stuff that's going out in you know what I mean that's going on out here like we need to you you unite with one another like it's people out here that that do want to do good for the streets and stuff but how are we gonna do that when we feel like we're going against IMPD like we can't trust them so what are we gonna do mm, that's a whole nother part of it Russ yeah and what I would suggest one uh this afternoon there is a uh community gathering over at Riverside Park with uh businesses from the community and a lot of booths and uh, artisans just folks come out uh meet with each other network and what you do is you uh meet the people in the community that have money invested those are businesses those are community groups and you raise those kinds of questions with them but to the uh young ladies concern Here's the short and simple answer to this. Mental health and peace do not have the lobbying effort, the political power, or the money behind them that the Second Amendment, uh, legal gun ownership, the NRA, and the Republican Party have on their side. That's why they spend a lot of time and a lot of money working on issues like that, because mental health is hard how are you going to get through to you know three quarters of a million people that live in marion county and determine who's mentally healthy enough to have a gun and who isn't so simple answer is uh they focus on the gun the second amendment right and that's where the money and the political capital is and that's why those issues get resolved and the other issues get kicked to the curb russ how long have you been uh covering indianapolis I got here in October of 1988. And where were you before that? I was in Denver, and before that, I was in Detroit. That is how many mayor? I'm see how many mayors have you covered? Well, let's see: Hudnut, Goldsmith, Peterson, Ballard, Hogsett. So I guess I'm on my fifth or sixth one by now. Fifth or sixth? Uh, you cover the city yeah. like nobody else. I'm gonna let you go here in a second, but. Um, what would you say to the callers who who call in and they always say, uh, you know, it doesn't matter who you vote for, you know, the whether it's Joe Hogsett or Jefferson Shreve or Larry Vaughn, whoever is running for mayor, that they can't fix uh, the crime uh, is, you know, they, they feel they feel hopeless. But is that um, out of all the administrations that, that you've covered, 
it, are you at the point where you're like, it doesn't matter who the mayor is, or do you still see that it actually does matter? I would say that the current administration is the most coherent and well-funded administration when it comes to community programs. So it's not necessarily top down the 25th floor telling the city what it ought to do. It has reached out and it had a lot of money from Washington to do it. It was COVID money, ARPA money and everything else, plus a major commitment once they straightened out the finances starting about seven or eight years ago and got the city out of debt and has put the most money into it. And it bends over backwards to ask the community what it is you want. People don't remember, or maybe they do, after the, uh, after the unrest in 2020, within six months, IMPD in the city revamped its general orders board which writes the rules for IMPD, made it civilian majority. It revamped its firearms review board, which looks at police officers involved in shootings, civilian majority. It revamped its citizens complaint review board, so they actually hear cases and make decisions if somebody's got a complaint that they were roughed up or not treated properly by the police. Um, not to mention the uh, tens of millions of dollars that have been put into community groups and the fact that IMPD is still trying to keep this town at peace, even though it has fewer officers to do it. So it's relying on license plate readers. It's relying on video cameras. It's exploring gunshot technology, gunshot detection technology. And what this comes down to is if a lady on Haw Street hears a gunshot go off, IMPD does not necessarily always have to wait for that lady to call in. IMPD can respond and maybe find those shell casings for the car they came from is gone from the neighborhood. And at the end of the day, it's all about keeping that lady and her children on Haw Street safe. I can tell you when I go into a lot of these neighborhoods and there has been a shooting and I always work the fringes of the crowd. I walk mm -hmm. the back streets. I walk the alleys. I knock on doors. And people invariably, most times, I would say at least 60% of the time, say to me, I'm glad IMPD is here because these people with guns are running rough in this neighborhood. A bullet doesn't have any eyes. I'm afraid to let my kids out. And I'm glad IMPD is here to try to figure out who these people are and fix this problem. I said, do you want to talk to IMPD about what you saw? Nope. I said, do you want to talk to me about what you saw? Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't, and a lot of times I can't show their names and I can't show their faces. But their concerns and what they've seen are certainly legitimate, and we need to pay attention to all of them. The vast majority of people in this town tell me when I walk the streets, I'm glad IMPD is here because these people with guns don't care who they're shooting at, and it's going to come through my kid's bedroom wall, and it's going to hit my kids sitting in bed. Russ, I know you got about a dozen stories that are sitting on your desk at any point in time ready to go. If people have a story pitch, they want to talk to you, how can they get in touch with you? Uh, you know the phone number at the Fox 59 Newsroom. I'm also on Facebook, and I would encourage people to read my Facebook post because on Facebook is where I tell the story behind the story. Mm -hmm. And then uh, also, uh, you know, People can either, you know, get a hold of me online, and chances are, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to look at this, and I'm going to, like, sift through it, and I'm going to say, hey, Cameron, come here. I think this is a story you should do, buddy. And vice versa. I, I told I told uh, our my listeners uh, a couple weeks ago about there was the shooting on the uh, west side 
uh, with the the young girl and who who got shot but survived. But her mom was who I was teaching to drive a bus. And who All did right. I call? Russ. I got I got somebody to talk to. Yeah, yeah. That's that's how we do, and that's you know. What I appreciate about you, Cameron, is you are also a person of the community. You're well-connected. You're in Indianapolis for the long haul. And ladies and gentlemen, Cameron went to college with my son, and they're both doing great. And I meant to ask you, I, since you said that you're, you worked in Denver, that's, that's your son's name. Now, if you had another son, would, it have, would he have been named Detroit? <laughs> you know, well, yeah, that's what I and so I told my wife, she goes, we're not naming our kid Detroit. Fine, we'll name him Denver. She goes, oh, okay, fine. Russ McQuaid, ladies and gentlemen, from Fox 59, the one and only, the well-respected, the well-known. You can see him tonight on Fox 59 beginning at 10 o'clock. And then right. tomorrow morning or tomorrow afternoon at 4, 5, 6, and 10. Russ, All thanks. Right. And if I do my job well today, Cameron, you'll have something to talk about on TV tomorrow. That's how it works. I appreciate you, man. Thanks for calling in. Thanks, brother. We'll have thanks. you in the Bye-bye. studio next time. Yeah. All right, Russ McQuaid, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to take a quick commercial break here on Open Lines, and we'll be back to talk to you uh, and finish out. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll have a couple minutes when we come back. Uh, Brandon, let's go to break real quick, and then we'll uh, have about five, seven, eight minutes on the end to wrap up the show. Keep calling, 317-239-1009. We'll do Open Lines for the last couple of minutes of the show. We'll pay some bills. We're right back. I'm Indy's newsman, Cameron Riddle, on Hot 100.9 and 106.7 WTLC. is Indy's favorite Sunday morning show. It's the show that brings you news about what's happening in Indy and around the world with Indy's newsman, Cameron Riddle. It's the show where Indy comes to talk. It's Open Lines with Cameron Riddle. And we are back, 317-239-1009, 317-239-1009. So glad to have Russ McQuaid uh, call in to the show. Uh, it's, a, it's a knowledgeable dude who's, who's literally, who's out there, He's the only guy who's been on TV that long and and wants to work on Sundays. That's that's his thing. So you'll see him tonight on Fox 59. And, and seriously, I like Russ because um, I can actually, you know, I can share stories with Russ. Russ, I got this. And he'll say, Cameron, I got this. And I've worked with uh, people in different stations and different markets who um, were too big to do that. We're too, too good to share a story, uh, you know. Um, and and Russ has, has been on TV long enough that he could be that way if he wanted to be that way, but he's not that way. 
And that's why I mess with Russ McQuaid. 317-239-1009. If you see him out in the street, go talk to him. He seems scary, but he's actually really not. All right, 317-239-1009. And if you believe it, some people think that I'm scary. I'm like, if you think I'm scary, then you got to be definitely afraid of him. Neither one of us. Um, he's, he's really nice. Super cool. All right, caller on line one. Let's go back to the phones. We're going to stay with open lines until we wrap up at 9 o'clock. Caller on line one. Good morning. Who's this? Would that be me? That'd be you. Hey, Cameron, this is Guy calling. How are you, Guy? Just fine. How you doing? I'm good. Great. Listen, uh, congratulations and kudos to you and Russ McQuaid. Uh, the work, hard work you're doing, a lot of times it's no fun. So kudos to you guys. But, you know, Thank you. I learned uh, at Short Ridge High School that if you have a problem, you can't solve it until you define that problem, okay? So do you know if there is a breakdown of the killings, what types of killings, what the probable sources of the killings are? Because I believe if you if you break it down, you have a better chance of maybe uh, coming up with solutions. So Yes, there there is. And I wish you would have got in before Russ left because I know he just did a story uh, recently with some of the, you know, when IMPD breaks these down, they, they do go into a category. What was this? And so much of it is conflict resolution. And a lot of it is gang-related also, that, you know, which is conflict resolution. But yes, in other words, but more if, you specific. Break, if you break it down into the least common denominator, I think you would have a good chance of maybe uh, trying to solve it. So if we could put emphasis on that, I think it, w- it would be great. And, uh, again, kudos to you guys for being on the case because, you know, if you see a house fire, you know, a house burning up, sometimes you have to put uh, regulations and whatever aside and try to put that fire out, right? Mm -hmm. So I believe we have to put this fire out in terms of people shooting each other. I mean, you know, this is Sunday, and we've gone from love your neighbor as yourself to Kill your neighbor as thyself, and that's terrible. I get what you're saying. It's time to do what we got to do. All right, appreciate you, guy. Bye-bye. 317-239-1009. Three minutes left in the show. Last couple callers. I might have to rush you off so we can uh, uh, get off on time today. Caller on line two. Good morning. Who's this? Jay Winters. Hey, you're live on the air. What's on your mind? I'm surprised I'm on there. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, I'm, it through. It, I'm just going to make it short and sweet. Uh, these kids out here, when they're doing things, I just always wonder, where are the parents? Mm -hmm. If your kid's not at home and something's going on, I've just seen in D.C. some guys kill somebody, and they were running down the street, running away. They had them. I'm like, where are their parents? Don't they know their child's not at home? I just don't understand it. I don't understand the parents. In my days, my mother knew everywhere I was. Well, and you know what? In the case of last night, it was a t- that 12 and 13 year old. Sounds like they were at the party. You know, they were they weren't alone, but apparently it sounds like they were targeted and stepped outside of the out of the party over there at Red Maple Grove. And a couple people were waiting on them. Now, that question for me on that is why do you want to shoot a 12 and a 13 year old? Obviously, there's far more of the story that I don't have that I'm sure Russ probably has been on top of. But 
we got in that case you can't just look at the parents because it didn't sound like they didn't care who those people were with because russ said when they tried to go uh give aid to that person they tried to shoot them too so uh, a, a lot of it appreciate the call thank you all thank right. you all right two minutes left in the show let me get one more in because you've been waiting caller on line three good morning who's this hello Hello, so gonna miss your turn because you listen to the radio. Can you hear me? Hello. Hey, you're live on the air. Who's this? Uh, Lene Parrish. All right. Just quickly. Okay, you're my last uh-huh. call. All right. Uh, w- with Frederick Douglass saying it's easier to build strong children than to prepare broken men. In my analysis, I see that the prison industrial complex, the war on drugs, mandatory minimums, um, all uh, contributed to what we suffer today because the parents of our children today are the children of all the men and women that were subjected to all that in the 80s and 90s. Now, these parents, then children, were not parented or raised. We keep saying, what about these parents? Mm -hmm. Some of them were fortunate enough to go on to family members' homes, but many were not becoming wards of the state. Mm -hmm. So with no parenting or training, how can these parents know how to parent? Mm -hmm. No one was around. We know it takes a village, we've heard, to raise a child, and the foundation of society is is the family. So we are going to, as a community, have to come up with with programs. And then the matter of economics, everybody's where's the parents? Well, when you have to work two jobs to earn a living wage, you know, it's difficult to be completely engaged. Mm-hmm. And then if you do only have one job and it's just paying your bills, how do you involve your children in extracurricular activities, athletic programs, music programs, art tutoring? They all cost money. You know, Indiana stands alone in the Midwest with the lowest minimum wage at seven twenty-five. Mm-hmm. That's that's our politicians. So we're going to have to have parenting problems uh, programs, and we got to take it to them. We can't get to the parents, and we need we need programming. Um, we need those kind of solutions so that if someone said uh, about, um, I got to rush you yeah. off because the music is playing. Okay. But anyway, you know, we got to take programs to them because these parents, and keep saying parents, parents, they do, they were not raised. They do not know how to parent. All right. They're going to have to get trained. All right. Thank you so much. Another piece of that to keep in mind. Thank you so much for all the calls. The phone lines are still ringing. Thank you to Russ McQuaid for coming on the show. You'll see him tonight at 10 o'clock on Fox 59 and then at 11 o'clock on CBS 4. I'm Indy's newsman, Cameron Riddle. Thank you for tuning into the show. We're back same time, same station next Sunday, live at 8. I will see you tomorrow morning starting at 4 a.m. on Fox 59 and at 5 a.m. on CBS 4. Have a great Sunday and a great week.